egg-based events are the worst. <laughs> you can quote me on that. I do quote you on that. Anyone out frequently. there. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Mary Poppins got nothing on our Pokemon storage. A community of Community Day Pokemon, but twice. Team Go Rocket is back at it again with the white vans. Shiny Tentacool is purely fabricated folklore. I can corroborate that and more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to episode 72 of the GoCast podcast. It's November 26th. It is a Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and with me, I'm joined by Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? It's it's going. It's going. Good, good, good. I think that was the first time I haven't messed up the intro in some strange way in the past like three <laughs> weeks. Uh, that would include the week that we're off. Yes. So I think two episodes. Anyway, let's not. I'm ruining it by talking about it, aren't I? Jeez. Oh, oh anyway. <laughs> soiled it you soiled it (laughs) sure did sure did uh hey well we're here we're gonna talk about pokemon go it's it's been yet another week uh this seems to be a trend every single time we do an episode a week has passed it's been pretty crazy that's how time works right linearly it's boring with so many more cool theories about time why can't we why can't it just be one of those anyway before we do get started talking about our weeks our goals that we may or may not have met uh <laughs> shout outs to our newest patrons seth alexander and john thank you so much to the three of you for helping support the show we hope you're enjoying the, the discord we're glad to have you excited to get to know you guys a little bit more thanks again okay kyle it's it's that time of reckoning it's a weekly weekly recurrence where you and i hold our own feet to the fire for no good reason Kyle, you had four things you wanted to accomplish this week. Let me list and or enumerate them for you. Are you ready? No. Okay, this is going to be a lightning round. Yes or no answers only. Max Shiny Mischievous. Yes. Max Lucky Drifloon. No. Purify Shadow Pokemon. No. (laughs) Catch Ferrisseed. No. Okay, that sounds like a one to me. A one out of four. Now, let me just do some quick math. That's a 25%. Yeah. Lightning round is over. Now, Mr. Kyle, what happened, man? Uh, just didn't play as much as I would like to at times. As we had our Friendsgiving that happened this week on Saturday. So that was like my my day off was hosting that. And it was a fantastic time. Chris, uh, Chris was there. So was Ness. Yeah. A bunch of friends. We had the band back together. There was talk about Pokemon Go because how can there not be when people get together who like Pokemon. Right, right. But a lot of talk of Sword and Shield as well. And that's that's about it. You know, I grinded some Stardust, not as much as I would have liked to, but enough to at least finish the Mischievous and start on the Drifloon. Okay. Where are you at with so, the Drifloon? That's what that's what the people want to know. By the people I mean me. It, oh, it's level uh I think that's 30. Let me let me get you that exact number. Okay, it's it's far along. It, it's far along in its journey to being useful and, and maxed, right? Uh, yes, it is level 30. Wow. Did you eyeball that or did you know that already? No, I mean, I eyeballed it the first time and then I opened Calci IV the second time. Well, yeah, I'm just surprised that you were right the first time. That's 
that's nuts to me. I can't tell it's so nondescript. And like the spacing between like power ups don't they're inconsistent as you power up. It's weird. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, it gets smaller the, the farther in you get. So, yeah. Anyway, hey, for myself, uh, let's just round up this traveling circus of failure. Hey, did I do a team go rocket leader? I actually did. I did that one. That was good. Uh, shiny tentacle no it eluded me they don't exist i'm convinced um (laughs) pig knight did it literally three minutes ago did i hatch up to four thousand eggs on my metal i'm at 39.75 i'm 25 short even close i sorely 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 underestimated how much i have not been walking since it got cold Hey, man, this cold, it's a killer for playing. Yeah, uh, we went out today and I hatched like 12 eggs because it was like, you know, geez, uh, 40 something. And we were like, oh, let's walk to this nearby church by work. We'll do this five star raid, did that. And I was like, man, I forgot that getting outside and walking around is, is great. Feels good. Yeah, it sure does. Wish I had done it five more times this past week. But here we are uh, <laughs> with only one to speak of. No shinies, nothing interesting, just regular old eggs 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 all right well that being said mr kyle where are you at with your unova medal any progress this Uh, week no no progress at all okay well i I failed on the pharaoh seed so progress is zero Alrighty. uh the pig knight got me up to 37 other than that nothing to report yahoo can't wait to break 40 maybe no promises that how's that uh walking of the do i doing for you oh geez let me see how far well do you want to know how long i've walked them or do you want to know how many candies i got left to go what do you want to know either they they all work for me because it's so strange because that's the only one i have completed okay yeah there was a couple near the lake by me and other than like those three and i think i hatched one a while ago and not during the, the halloween event it didn't mean anything to me sorry i'm buying time because i i was hatching eggs so i had to shut down my app uh, <laughs> We all know the pain. <laughs> all right. So let's take a look at my buddy, my do what. I have 99 Oshawott candy. I'm one away. Oh. Thank you for checking because otherwise I would have walked this guy for like another month and just not cared. 304.7 <laughs> kilometers total walk. Not a whole lot. Wow. That's not that's not too many. That's not no, too I mean, many. it's not. But that's literally the entire that's the entire way almost. Yeah, just just about. Yeah. So three Meanwhile, more kilometers and I'll have my uh, Samurai. I still have I have about 20 Oshawott candy left after evolving a Samurai. Jeez, dude. Let's send some of that my way. Come on. I still got this shiny YouTube for you. Find a nest. Oshawott. Oshawott nests everywhere. You're suggesting I go into this Pokemon's home and I disrupt its family gathering. At maybe the it's nest, like at the source. Maybe it's like one of those uncomfortable family gatherings. Could be like I'll be oh, catching like God the uncle that no one here likes. to catch me. Take me away from this <laughs> awkward dinner I'm having. Yeah, with my uncle I don't want to talk to. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> anyway, okay, all right. You know the metal check is behind us. Great, we did it. Awesome. Nobody's dead. Now let's hop into the news. Where we might have to change that statement. Hey, storage increase happened. This is from GoHub, although it was also pushed to PokemonGoLive.com. And if you were anywhere near anybody that is like max level or has inventory problems or has maxed out their inventory in the past, I swear <laughs> you probably heard about this. There's no way you didn't because it's it's a hot topic whenever this stuff comes out. So players can now purchase additional Pokemon storage up to 3,000 and bag oh space up to 2,000. 2,500. I did this. 
instantaneously. Kyle, did you also purchase additional storage? Where are you at? How do you feel about this? No, I'm still at 2000 and I don't need more. Okay, that's a hot take for um, for storage. Um I'm at 2000 for item oh, I'm at 2000 total for items and I've definitely considered getting more bag space just so I could hold more in between spinning a ton of poke stops. Sure, sure. But you don't need it. It's not for you. You you inventory manage well enough that it's unnecessary. I, I Pokemon inventory manage well enough. My bag management's not the greatest. Okay. I definitely will probably get the bag space. So when you're going through and you're trying mm-hmm. to organize your your bag, let's say, your bag space, what are the yep. items that you're looking for to throw out? Like what are your first contenders? Uh, I mean potions. Potions, super potions, hyper potions, unless I'm low on max potions. Okay. And then revives, they all go unless I'm low on max revives. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Uh, what about your berries? Do you keep them like a certain level? Like, oh, I, I don't want to ever to have more than 100 raspberries on me. So if I have more than 100, call it down to 100 or whatever. Yeah, I try to do like 100, 150 raspberries. I, when I do culling, I get rid of all the nabs that I've gathered. Because if oh, I yeah. haven't fed them to gyms by then, it's not going to happen in a reasonable time. Sure. And I'll probably get more. Okay. Because like, you know, being instinct, that feeding gyms, look, I wish there was something else I could do with them. <laughs> it's so much stardust, but it's just, it's not, it's not feasible for me. I can't, I'd have to go halfway around town just to find enough gyms to feed them to sometimes. Well, if it's any consolation, I have lots of options to feed berries to, and I just don't. I mean, you definitely should because every gym is 1200 stardust. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, so, who can be bothered, like, right? I mean, I will if I see a <laughs> if I see an instinct gym with six Pokemon in it, and I'm not like just passing by. I'll feed it. I'll feed it sixty berries, no questions. Yeah, I think my my I used to do the same thing, right? When I was doing raids this summer, I would stop and I would do that, right? I would feed everybody in a gym or whatever when I was taking more time metering my play and stuff like that. But as the weather gets colder and as the yeah. nice weather in general kind of goes away. And my time outside where my play sessions are kind of cut short just based on not about obligation anymore, but rather about like, oh, the sun's going to go down in an hour and I'll die. I find that I don't take the time to do things like that anymore because it's not overtly necessary, even if it's a smart idea. Stuff like that doesn't appeal to me as a player anymore. I'm too busy just like trying to stay moving, you know? Oh, for sure. I wish they would do an alternative to the feeding berries to gyms. Like yeah. I get it, it it's it's for healing the motivation, but a vast majority of what people use it for has got to be the stardust because the motivation is just not really worth it most of the time. It's just a berry dump. I mean, berries are plentiful, so it exactly. But I wish I could click a button and dump five, uh, ten berries. Oh yeah, once. I wish if I just discarded a hundred berries, I would just get five hundred stardust for it. I mean, I get why they don't do that. They want to get people to go places, but feeding a berry. Every single berry is like a good four or five seconds because the animation is so janky. It's not a, a healthy Pokemon diet either. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, all the Snorlaxes and Blissies in the gyms, they they got to get their calories from somewhere. It's interesting, though, because like Blissey is so huge, but all she eats is fruit. Yeah. You know, like, I don't know, man. Hmm. I mean, isn't Snorlax a vegetarian? Yeah, Snorlax is a plants, vegetarian, so. but we still feed him berries. Yeah. I don't know. It's a it's a complicated world, this Pokemon world. You know what's not complicated? I'm lying. It's pretty complicated. It's, com- Just, yeah. <laughs> it's a bad transition. It's a terrible transition. 
December 2019 Community Day. This information was <laughs> lovingly organized by GoHub, and we will be reading from there. When is this happening? December 14th, 2019 through December 15th, 2019. It'll start at 9 a.m. local time on the 14th and end at 9 p.m. local time on the 15th, which is great. They've never done for like large swaths of times and stuff like that. Or rather, I mean, this is 48 hours, but they haven't really done local time for things that kind of cross over, you know, different days and stuff like that. It's always been like, oh, this is starting at this this PDT time globally. This is pretty cool. But the interesting things about this, like the features, increased spawns of 2019 Community Day Pokemon. I'm going to list these Pokemon. I'm also going to tell you what their Community Day special move is. So keep your ears perked. We'll talk about which ones you should go for in just a moment. Totodile with Hydro Cannon, Swinub, Ancient Power, Trico, Frenzy Plant, Bagon, Outrage, Torchic, Blastburn, Slackoff, Body Slam, Mudkip, Hydro Cannon, Ralts, Synchronoise, maybe sleep on that one, Turtwig, Frenzy Plant, <laughs> Trap Inch, Earth Power. You don't get a second chance, Trap Inch. You, you botched it the first time. You're not, you're not re-invited. <laughs> Chimchar, Blast Burn. It's like he never left. All right. So those that, that group, that 11 Pokemon increased spawns 2019. Awesome. Um, which, if you had to choose two out of this group to recommend to somebody, which two would you choose to say, hey, make sure that you evolve these during the window so that you get your community day special moves, which, by the way, that's a thing. Any Pokemon you evolve to their third stage or whatever during this window will receive the move, not necessarily during just a specific window within that event window, which we'll get to in a minute. Would have to be Bagon with Outrage and Torchic with Blastburn. Back to back ones, really. That I think are torture yeah. with Blastburn, huh? It's it's better than Chimchar with Blastburn, and it's just below Charizard, I believe, in terms of numbers. Fair so. enough. I would say, um, unless you have a really good Kyogre, pick up a Totodile, get that guy Hydro Cannon, and and max that dude out if you can. My Feraligator has come in clutch a couple of times, and my clutch, I mean, B String. Number 12 in a, a two-raid <laughs> lobby situation. but After you've used five Kyogres. Mm -hmm. I ain't afraid to admit it. It's true. Yeah, I don't dodge. Dodging's for professionals. I'm an amateur. And I think, I can't think of a good second one. I think you hit Bag on a Torchic on the head. I mean, Slack off with Body Slam is really good in PvP. You get him into a Vigoroth and he knows, he knows Body Slam there already. So you don't really need it. Yeah, there's some there's some good choices, but like that's the next one I think that stands out. And you're more doing it for the slack off candy if you don't have any spawns for them than you are for the for the slacking with body slam. Yeah, slacking with body slam isn't that great. Yeah, catch the candies so you can get your slack off to a Vigoroth and get that guy where he needs to be PvP wise. I think I, I agree with you 100%. I can't really recommend any of the other ones, but there is a second group of Pokemon that we'll talk about here and these have a lot more valuable moves in them in my opinion 2018 community day pokemon that will be in raids here are the 11 of those pikachu with surf dratini with draco meteor bulbasaur frenzy plant that's a big one mareep dragon pulse charmander blast burn larvitar smack down this is for everybody even if you have six of them, get six more. 
Squirtle, Hydro Cannon, Eevee, Last Resort. Dude, I don't even know how to begin to navigate that one, to be very honest with you. Uh, <laughs> Chikorita, Frenzy Plant, Beldum, Meteor Mash. Pick that one up for sure. Cyndaquil, Blast Burn. Again, these 11 from 2018 will be in raids. And now, Kyle, before I ask you your opinion, I do want to just reiterate for listeners at home that while I did say, you know, Pikachu was served to Trini with Draco Meteor, like those are the base forms, Pikachu and Dratini and the moves that they learn. I think Pikachu might be the only exception. It probably comes with Surf, right? Yeah, Pikachu will have Surf, but the rest, the other 10. If you want Mareep to get Dragon Pulse, you have to evolve it to Ampharos during the during the window. I think Pikachu aside, it's all evolutions. So, yeah, you're not going to see Dratini walk around Draco Meteor. Okay, cool. Now that we clear that up, Kyle, in raids, what are you looking for the most? What what will pop and you'd be like, I got to go? Having played so long, none of them are going to make me want to go do the raid. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I will probably still do any Lavatar raids that show up, and I'll probably do Beldum ones as well because I don't know how many good Beldum I have waiting to be made into Meteor Mash Metagrosses. So those are the two that I would be looking out for. Also, actually, Charmander, because I only have one Blastburn Charizard. Oh, yeah, because I think you had to work during that community day, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, no, it was just it was the first community day I played, but I didn't realize, like, what was going on. Oh, right. OK, so. gotcha. Gotcha. So one thing I do want to talk about here, like, so these Pokemon are in raids and the 2019 Pokemon, they're just increased spawns, right? So let's unpack this for a minute. Because I know that a lot of people would be like, oh, man, the 2018 Pokemon are in raids. That kind of stinks that they have a lot of like the rare callback Pokemon that I'm missing. I think it's more common that people are missing important Pokemon for 2018 than it is from 2019. Right. Especially some of the earlier batch like Bulbasaur, Larvitar, those days. I I would say I would offer the counter argument that it is a blessing that these 2018 Pokemon are in raids because a you'll always get a good IV. Secondly. You don't have to hunt for them so hard. It's not going to dilute the spawn pool of the other Pokemon. I think this is a nice way to split them up. How do you feel? I agree because they could have just as easily said any of the 2018 Pokemon evolved during the time will get the move and not given you access to them at all. Definitely. Which is how I thought they were going to do it. So I think it's an improvement. The only thing I think that would not work with that would be Pikachu. But yeah. Yeah. Obviously, but like Pikachu's, it's not even it's not even meta relevant. So I mean, getting the Pikachu with Surf is a good collector piece for sure. But hey, if you go to GoFest, they might ask you how many Pikachu's with Surf you have. It's true. And if you have like seventy nine, you might be able to win a shirt. It's true. That's very true. <laughs> so keep that in mind. Catch as many Pikachu's with Surf as you possibly can. The nice thing about Pikachu with Surf is that you can mass transfer them because he's not wearing a hat, yo. <laughs> yeah. <Yes. laughs> All right. Special bonus hours of 11 to 2 p.m. both days, right? So both of the 14th and the 15th. So what's going to happen those two days during that window? Why is the 11 to 2 so exciting? Well, first of all, it's the normal community day hours for your local time, but that's two days long. So during these two three-hour windows, you'll get double Stardust, awesome, half hatch distance, also awesome, and increased shiny rate, which is spectacular. Yes. So there you go. There's that. Take that how you will. Now, Kyle, maybe it's too early to be talking about 2020, but do you think they'll do this next year? (laughs) (laughs) If I'm being completely honest, 
if they haven't somehow revamped Community Day by December 2020, I will be surprised. Yeah, I think so, too. I think the format is kind of wearing on people. And it's just they're running out of the support. They're going to have to start putting stuff in that doesn't make sense or otherwise. So, okay. well, how do you feel like this this year is laid out? Do you like the way they did this? Do you think that they enabled players like if you're trying to get one particular thing, do you feel like they gave you enough of a structured like, hey, this is where you should kind of look for it that is satisfactory or do you still think it'll be kind of diluted? No, this is this is an improvement from last year where it was just it was two days long, but just everything both days. And like the only thing I wanted last year was shiny Mareep shiny Bulbasaur and shiny Dratini. So I just kind of had to play and, you know, hope for the best. I got two of the three, so it was good. Nice. <laughs> yeah, the only one I got that entire time was one shiny Cyndaquil. Shiny Cyndaquil. But on top of that, as long as the raids are accessible, as long as a lot of one-star raids are popping up, it will be good for the people who need to catch those Lavatars, who need those Beldum, those Mareep, that kind of stuff. But 11 Pokemon in one star egg rotation. Yikes. They don't like just make every gym just start popping out eggs. It's going to be unfortunate if you're looking for specific ones and need the candy. Yeah, I wonder how they're going to spread that pool uh, out. Like, are these going to be spread amongst different tiers? Will we only see tier one raids? Uh, Rags. <laughs> Raid eggs. I like rags. Rags works. Rags. That's fine. We're really good at making up words here. Giratino. Giratina A. Giratino. O. Yeah. Um, I, I would be really surprised if the raid eggs uh, were like the full gamut, you know, see what other raid bosses would be put in there. But I think that would be an unwise move. That being said, they did put 38 Pokemon in tier three the past week. So uh, yeah. that's not true. It was only like 16. But let's move on. Oh, OK. Last word on this. You should definitely take part in this. Right, Kyle? I mean, you, why wouldn't you? Uh, for sure. Especially just because of double Stardust. You know, that right there. Stardust. Need it. And then... Just just to reiterate, don't evolve any Ralts during this community day at all, please, <laughs> <laughs> unless you want to be a collector of legacy moves. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And if you do, I'd probably recommend getting that on Gardevoir if you really wanted to bring it, but only as a third move. <laughs> as a third move. Yes, exactly. All right, cool. So Team Rocket Takeover event. It happened... Two days ago. When did it happen? This past weekend, November 24th from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time. This was kind of just spur of the moment sort of deal. Uh, bonuses. Team Rocket Grunts will be taking over every up during the event window. And they did can confirm. Uh, in addition to that, there was an event box out for the duration of the three hour event that had in it 20 max potions, three rocket radar, which is awesome. One super incubator and 20 max revives. Interesting note on this, the rocket radar is also available as a single purchase item, um, just like, you know, a single incubator or a single egg. It's in the same area in the shop. But I think here's my theory. I I didn't test this before, but I did my first team leader today. Right. And um, I couldn't see that rocket radar in the shop until after I finished the boss. Yeah, I don't think you can have more than one on you, which is very interesting that you can buy three. You could buy three with this event box. Oh, I see. Yeah, but before I had the other radar, I couldn't see it in the shop either. So I think you have to do your first one manually, and then you can buy the other ones. I think. Hmm. Don't quote me on that. 
This is all uncorroborated uh, speculation, Hearsay. but exactly. But I, I think I think that's the state of affairs. But anyway, now is a good time as any. Catherine of the Discord, who wrote in last week, wrote in this week. She also had a suggestion that we touch briefly on some basic tactics for these rocket team leader battles and also Giovanni. Here is the nutshell, real quick version of it, right? One, there's three steps. Step one, figure out who it is you're fighting. Step two, look that person up online for specific counters on your phone or whatever. Generally speaking, Tyranitar is going to do really well. What's the other one? Machamp? Machamp. Machamp does really well. Yes. As well. And then third, you want to make sure that the reason that these guys are so difficult, A, well, of course, their Pokemon are, are very strong, but B, they also use shields. So tip number three is you want to bait those two shields because they'll always use them first. If you have the opportunity to do a quick charge charge move, you should use those, get those two shields out of the way, and then you'll all, already be at an advantage. And that's it. It's called shield baiting. Just so everybody knows. Catherine, thank you for the, the uh, suggestion. You're right. We didn't cover it before. There we go. <laughs> okay. Kyle, did you get a chance to participate in this Team Rocket event or no? Oh, no, not at all. I was having breakfast and then I went to work. So <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that that's fair enough. Um, I did not either. I was busy doing something. I don't remember what it was. I think a family thing. Oh, I was at oh, a, I was at a things. I was at a christening. Yes, it was a family thing. Um so so there's that. So, oh, well, too bad. If you got a chance to engage with the event, dear listener, we'd love to hear from you and hear how it went. Go ahead and send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Or if you're a Discord member, just, you know, harass us via DM or whatever. Call me out in public. Be like, Chris, here is my accord, captain's log. It was only three hours, so that's probably only one log in the captain's log. But <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to gear up. So this week on Gear Up, we wanted to just break down some terms that we use a lot here on Gear Up. They also use it in pretty much every other Pokemon Go resource, but it's so ingrained in the the society of Pokemon Go that no one really talks about anymore, I feel like. And that's DPS versus TDO. And this discussion does come courtesy of Pokemon Go Hub, but I'm just going to break it down in terms that is easier to understand. Their article has a lot of numbers that you can see the comparisons for, but numbers make my head hurt. So going to skip right over those, but we'll include a link to the article in the show notes. So what do the two stand for? DPS stands for damage per second. That is the amount of damage your Pokemon does per second that is alive in battle on average. And it's calculated by dividing the total time alive divided by the amount of damage it does. TDO stands for total damage output. And that is the amount of total damage a Pokemon deals in a particular battle. That's calculated by multiplying the DPS by how long the Pokemon is alive in that battle. Hopefully everyone's still with me. I am. I'm here. You are? I have Good. to be. <laughs> I no, so. but I'm. it's cogent. It's logical. I'm in the back of the class, so I got it. <laughs> But which is superior? Which is king? Which do you care about? Do you want to know about both of them? Do you only want one of them, the other? Do you need them both combined? You'd think on the surface, total damage output. That's That sounds like the total thing you're going to do. You want the best TDO you can get. Unfortunately, and the reason we're having this discussion is it's not that simple. And the best example is Agron, everyone's favorite auto suggestion. I know him. 
How's he doing, Agron? I mean, Agron is doing better than Kabalian. Oh, man, I haven't seen him since high school. <laughs> but Agron is, is pretty tanky. There's a reason he gets suggested by the auto-suggestion, at least previously. I know it's better now, but it's still pretty bad. But his DPS is awful. It's It's truly horrendous. But his bulk is enough that his TDO is actually higher than other options. That other option being Rampardos, another Rock-type attacker who we've talked about before has fantastic DPS. I believe the numbers are Agron has 11.6 and Rampardos has 17.9. So a little bit under double. You'd think the double DPS, that's crazy. Agron has 20% more TDO, but it doesn't matter. If you put them in the exact same situation against a similar raid boss where they're both super effective, Rampardos is going to do more damage than Agron. But wait, I thought you said that TDO meant the total damage it was going to do. So if Agron's is higher, why is Rampardos doing more damage? See, this part right here confused me. And I actually stared at it for a good, like, two minutes. Being like, wait, hang on. These numbers... I get it. I know why one is better than the other, but they're not adding up. The best way that I can describe it for people is that Agron only has a higher TDO because he lives longer to do less damage. So if he lives, you know, 30 seconds, but Rampardos only lives 18 seconds, Rampardos is going to do more damage in the 18 seconds he's alive. But by the end of 30 seconds, Rampardos will have been dead for 12 seconds and Agron will have kept dealing damage. So when you put them in a vacuum and you let them do all of their damage, Rampardos is going to come out ahead every single time. So what's the takeaway? DPS is the best number to look at. That's an oversimplification, I know. I wasn't going to say anything. You're in the clear. But, <laughs> well, I've don't worry. <laughs> DPS is by far the most simplest number to look at in terms of, is this Pokemon better than this one? But there is another number that other resources use, and it's DPS cubed times TDO. Whoa, we're throwing in cube numbers now. That's too much math for me. Basically, the only reason it's it's this formula is because you want to give DPS more weight than TDO in the overall effectiveness calculation, but TDO is still important. So if you use any resource like uh, GamePress or the GoHub database, they'll show their DPS, they'll show their TDO, and then it will show a total. That total is using that DPS cubed times TDO number to try and give a more accurate representation of which Pokemon is better to use in which case. It's really funny because this is it's similar to the way that like, or it's similar, it's similar in ideology to the CP formula, right? CP mm-hmm. number is supposed yeah. to, you know, bring these complicated, not complicated, but like a multivariate situation and make it into one number. So you can quickly look at your Pokemon and be like, oh, this one's better because that number is bigger. Like DPS cubed times TDO just, like you said, weights the DPS, but takes the TDO in. Like it's it's doing the same thing. Like it's, yep, I like that. That's cool. So if you only have DPS and TDO to work on, I would follow DPS every single time. If given the option, DPS cubed times TDO is the superior and the most accurate 
measurement we have right now for determining which Pokemon is the best for a given situation. Now, there are a couple of caveats with this too, right? And stop me if I'm wrong, Kyle. But a couple of things that the listener needs to understand about DPS and and TDO is that uh, the DPS for a particular Pokemon might be high. Let's say your Gengar that you caught from Ray Day, you haven't touched since. So he's like, what, level 20, something like that. Mm -hmm. And he's got the right moveset and everything like that. And he's great and stuff like that. But he's level 20. And then you have, let's say, geez, what's a good Pokemon that would be referenced? I don't know, something that has less DPS, but a little bit more bulk and stuff like that. But that's max level take take the thing that's like max level because in that situation it's vastly superior if it's similar dps but a little bit worse take it over the thing that's max like you have to take your pokemon level into account you also have to take into account one thing this formula doesn't take into account is or actually maybe i guess it kind of does technically what you were talking about before about the rampardos doing lots of damage and then being dead for 12 seconds while the aggron keeps going in that situation if you're fully prepared you have six rampardos and it does not matter if it died or not because you just replace it with another one and it's doing the same dps afterwards as well like that's the beauty of the situation that's why going for dps over tdo works so well if you have 12 of them yes exactly but of course this is all of this as chris mentioned is good for determining between liked choices but cp and type advantage are going to be king in a majority of situations. Oh, and move set, move set. Absolutely. So if you can choose a super effective move versus a normal move, despite the normal move having higher DPS, super effective is always the better choice. So just in summary, DPS stands for damage per second. TDO stands for total damage output. DPS is the superior manage- DPS is the superior measurement between the two. But you want to make sure that you take both into account and DPS cubed times TDO is your best bet. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Kyle. You explained that in a way that I understand now fully. I mean, I think I I think I have been following a set of rules that like made me follow all of that correctly already. But I don't think I quite understood like the waiting situation (laughs) between DPS and TDO. You know, I can explain the difference, but I couldn't tell you why one was better or one was worse. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just it I had to I had to think about it. I had to like go through all the stuff. Yeah. So for Pokalore, we're going to be talking about Tentacool and Tentacruel. I don't know how Tentacruel sounds. The jellyfish Pokemon. Tentacool. Tentacool is a small jellyfish-like Pokemon. It has a light blue clear body with two large transparent red crystals on each side of its body and one small one in the middle. Near the base of its body is a pointed beak-like projection and two eyes with small pupils. There are two grayish tentacles extending from beneath its round lower body, which has a cape-like formation on the back. They describe Tentacool as looking a lot cooler than he actually does, I think. Uh, yeah, he's not very cool. Mm-mm. The rest of this is pretty pretty standard, what you'd expect. Tentacool's entire body is made up of 99% water, <laughs> and the remaining 1% contains the organ that makes its poison. So its skin is made of water. Something like that. I guess so. I don't know. <laughs> it absorbs sunlight and refracts it using the water inside its body to convert it into beam energy photosynthesis its tentacles are laced with stinging cells and as seen in the anime it can control pokemon it touches with its tentacles they they took over meowth's brain remember they were like yelling at the at like that ocean city that was like trying to Uh, drill for oil or something or like make an amusement park yeah it was 
awesome. The tentacles break off occasionally, but can regenerate. Don't you worry. Tentacle travel throughout the world using ocean currents. It will sometimes wash ashore and shrivel up due to dehydration, though it remains equally as dangerous. Tentacle may be revived if thrown back into the sea. That's a nice little sweet way to summarize that. I like how it said death, except not really. It's only dehydration. Only yeah, dehydration. Dehydration is no biggie. Everybody can come back from that. Tentacruel. Tentacruel is a large jellyfish-like Pokemon, and that's that's the big difference. It has a clear light blue body that has two large red orbs on either side and a smaller orb in the center. Its eyes are visible in its round lower body, which is black. Extending from its lower body are two blue beak-like appendages and numerous grayish tentacles. Its red orbs glow whenever it is excited or agitated, and it may alert others to danger by stridently flashing them. They are also capable of <laughs> refracting sunlight, storing energy, and firing ultrasonic waves. <laughs> Tentacool's primarily light blue body helps it camouflage in the water, and it has a total of 80 tentacles. 80? Whoa. Where are what? they? Hang on. I think the anime is lying. I don't. Yeah, they got like five, five or six. Yeah. Like, something like yeah, that. Six, maybe? Yeah, it's pretty, pretty generous. Uh, which it can readily extend during hunts to ensnare its prey before immobilizing it with poison. Its tentacles can absorb water to stretch even further. It's how much? Because <laughs> it's in water. So how far are these tentacles going? How, how many? How much water can it absorb? I don't know. Wasn't its body it, is ninety nine percent water. water. Yeah, I don't. What? Most of these tentacles are hidden and kept short, leaving up to fourteen exposed. Okay, maybe fourteen. Okay, maybe. Yeah, maybe. However, it's not. I counted. So. <laughs> how many is it? Like eight? Twelve. Twelve. Okay. Yeah. However, it tends to lose tentacles as it ages. Tentacruel lives in underwater rock formations that can be found throughout the ocean. Okay, you ready for some non-surprising stats on Tentacruel here? Can't wait. Oh boy, okay, alrighty. Max CP 2422. That's Ooh. a yikes. An abysmal jeez. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> An abysmal attack of 166, mediocre stamina of 190, with a great defense stat of 209, means Tentacruel isn't going to do much for you in Pokemon Go. Or in life, if we're being very honest with yourselves. The best move set, <laughs> I stress this, <laughs> not really that great. Poison Jab and Hydro Pump. It's fine, <laughs> I guess. Those are actually two really good moves, just on a less than stellar Pokemon. Design-wise, Tentacruel is cool. Tentacruel is cool. I kind of wish that they had gotten some sort of redesign eventually, or a form or something like that. A third evolution, where yeah. it turned into a Kraken. That would be awesome. Or a middle evolution, and they just made Tentacruel better. Yeah. That'd be kind of cool. But here we go. Or a split evolution, like Metal Greymon, you know? <laughs> you got me? You got me? I, I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Sure. Well, that's Digimon it. Now. Before Remember? I make any more Digimon references, let me just save myself from myself. Okay, PvP section. Okay, cool. I mean, you didn't have any. You weren't about to profess your love about Tentacool, were you? I mean, I won't cut no, you I off. No, I don't like Tentacool. Okay. I don't like Tentacool. Wait, what about Tentacruel? You like Tentacruel? Uh, Tentacruel's okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But Tentacool is the Zubat of, of all water zones, so I don't like it. It's true. It's true. And then you run into it, and it flaps tentacles, and you're like, run. And that's... <laughs> And, and that's Pokemon. Okay, PvP section, real quick. 
Uh, we're not going to do a full in-depth discussion of it because it is not yet upon us and the powers that be. I, of course, mean the hashtag battlers that are much smarter than us. They haven't really had a chance to digest and start making these really great suggestions for teams yet. So we will do that at a later date. But we do know our PvP Cup for next month, December, which is good because it's very soon, is called the Timeless Cup. And I'm going to lay out the rules for you. It's running from December 1st through January 8th. You get one bonus week. Here are the restrictions. No fighting, no normal, no fairy, no flying, no steel, and no psychic. Specific Pokemon bans, Umbreon and Sableye. None of those. Don't do it. It's against the rules. It's illegal. You'll be arrested. Legendary and mythical Pokemon are also off the table. Similar situation don't do it they'll lock you up for good nothing from unova nothing from alola and that one pokemon from galar none of that <laughs> none of that either <laughs> right here are the rules keep all of those complicated situations in your mind okay okay cool now within that very small oblong object you've made in your brain i guess fit this fit this rule set in there too <laughs> step one <laughs> <laughs> okay, for the record, I think this is awesome. I do. I just think it's complicated. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's read it all and then I'll, okay. I'll tell you what I Step think. Step one, pick one elemental starter from Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, or Sinnoh, any evolution stages permitted, but you'll need to pick one and only one. Your starter is exempt from type restrictions, which is good. So you can bring a blaze again, even though fighting is banned. Or you could bring a uh, Empoleon, though Steel is banned. Yes, or you can bring a Charizard, even though Flying is banned. <laughs> Any other examples uh, we can think off the top of our head? I guess. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's it. I think that's all. Of them, okay, fair enough. Okay, step two. Choose the remaining five members of your battle team from eligible Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, and Sinnoh species. Check the restricted list for eligibility rules. Well, there's only five that are left that are still eligible, so that's pretty easy. <laughs> I'm just joking. There's a large pool. And then step three, find a tournament near you. Do the tournament. That That's step three. Do the tournament. Step one, choose a starter. Only one is exempt from restrictions. You can only choose one starter from like the first four generations. And then step two, fill it out with the other restrictions that they listed up before. The great graphic will link you to an article Cohub did uh, when I posted in the show notes and stuff like that. But OK, Kyle, I'm dying to know your opinion. How do you feel about the timeless cup? It's it's too complicated. <laughs> OK, but it's interesting. They made it seem like. They made it seem like relive the first day of the Pokemon world. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, cool. So you're only going to be able to use Pokemon like your starter and like stuff you would find in the first like, you know, five, five routes in the game. No, it's the whole thing. Like their list of restrictions maybe has like 30 Pokemon from the whole four generations taken out, something like that. Yeah, I kind of have a bone to pick with a couple of these restrictions based on the the theory or like the theme of this you know yeah flying pokemon normal pokemon first day in the pokemon world all you see is normal and flying pokemon what do you mean the normal pokemon is very strange maybe like i could see because they don't want to see snorlax Vigoroths and snorlax and munchlax Blissey. but like i feel like target bands would have been better than a whole type i kind of wish that they would put out like a uh, like a dev article about this we're like okay here's the rule set that's great here's your infographic if you guys want to run with it that's cool but also 
here's this article that we wrote that it kind of explains our thought process when we were designing this cup. Or basically just say, give a reason for the type bands so that people who are taking part can learn. Because like, there's going to be some clear reasons why these types are banned. Right, sure. But the less educated amongst us are just like, but why? <laughs> you know, obviously, yeah. Psychic has Metacham. Steel has Bastiodon. You know, we could go on and on. But it'd be nice to know why you didn't just specifically make a ban list. It's cool that they're going for like these kind of out of nowhere type cups. But at some point, they're going to start getting too complicated, and then they're going to be forced to go back to like better, more straightforward themes. I think that they're trying to avoid making it too straightforward because the straightforward stuff in the past, like two or three Pokemon were on everybody's team, and they were one of the three you did because you had to either have it or have an answer for it. I think they're trying to avoid that. I feel like almost every cup is going to have that. I feel like even, even Ferocious Cup, had at least one Pokemon in it, although I didn't pay too much attention to it, that pretty much everybody had. It's true. I mean, that still so, happens. It's but, just the but, nature of... Yeah, I, I don't know. It's difficult. I mean, even even competitive regular main series Pokemon, right now, in the top tier of play, every single team has Toxapex and Ferrothorn on it. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you're doing because it's just not balanced. It's just properly. what's good. Yeah. This extra week, though, December 1st through January 8th is interesting. You could read into this a lot, but I also think that maybe just their team doesn't want to work the, the weekend of New Year and Christmas. I mean, also because people don't want to host tournaments the, the week of New oh, the Year first and week Christmas. Of January. Yeah, that makes so, sense, too. Yep. It's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Yeah. Oh, okay. So really quick, the, the people have got to know, Kyle, are you going to take part in the Timeless Cup or no? No. Why? Absolutely not. I have zero Stardust right now. <laughs> I have 10,000. Okay, I lied. I have 10,000 Stardust right now. But I think I mentioned on the show last week that I got my plus fixed. So I've, I've been using that again so I can get Stardust when I'm not playing, which is a lot because the weather's cold. So I can at least start getting more Stardust. Good deal. Okay, well, I will be participating because if I don't, someone will be mad at me. Um, also, I kind of want to do it. I kind, I kind of hope. Okay, I kind of hope it's like both amazing and really frustrating at the same time. So I have lots of stuff to talk about. Um, but I'm kind of excited to see how these teams are gonna gonna shake out. But we'll talk about this in the upcoming weeks for sure. We'll do a, a full breakdown like we have in the past, full of suggestions and such uh, when other people get their hands on this material. But until then, why don't we fill our time with the Pokepole? So last week's question. Would you rather have a series of small events or a few large events? TXPVP said, are any of these hidden behind a paywall? Assuming they're free, a few large ones. It's hard enough planning around tournaments, let alone all the other events going on. Several small events only scratch the surface and always leave you wanting more in an angry mob kind of way. <laughs> Ooh. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, for sure. Especially if it has something you really want in the event that you can't quite get. Like a tentacle, just saying. I mean, do you really want a tentacle, though? Shiny tentacle? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, besides collecting purposes, though. I really like shiny tentacle. That bubblegum tentacle, dude, I'm so into that. It was awesome. Okay. (laughs) Wolfie said, a few big events. I don't mind the lulls in Pokemon Go. It allows me to advance in other games I'm playing. That's a fair point. And I'm I'm feeling that right now with (laughs) so much shield taking over my life. Sure. Pidugao says, I like mini events because of fear of missing out. I kind of I kind of got the reverse feeling for that. 
for that one, but maybe we'll see what everyone else has to say. Well, you mean like for the mini events, you, you feel from, yeah, for the mini I, events? I have, I have more of a fear of missing out for mini events than I do for big events. Okay. All right. Axe racer X said, I guess a few large events for me, it's hard to manage time. If it's a series of small events, that way I can schedule my time between work and gaming. Justin says, I prefer a few large events. I think a lot of players are hitting event fatigue again, and it seems like a wave of players has moved into a hiatus status. It is hard to keep up with everything and stay motivated to play. That's definitely another one for me is like, because it's a different event every time, you're constantly like, all right, now I got to do this. Now I got to do this. Now I got to do this. Instead of being able to kind of pick and choose. yeah yeah um i also think that like events that kind of that do the same thing but differently every time really wears on you you're like oh great the spawns changed now i still can't get the thing i'm actually looking for yeah it's like oh the spawns changed now i need to shiny hunt this pokemon right instead of the one i still didn't get from the last one well there was also like a series of egg-based events we were all like we get Uh, it come on egg-based events are the worst You can quote me on that. I do quote you on that. Anyone out there. Roger says, definitely large events. Not only is it hard to keep track of all small events going on, but I feel like the bigger events are geared a lot more towards community and people coming together. You know, that definitely does feel that way. Like, I don't feel very enticed to do community type things when the events are only a week long because, you know, coordination type of thing. Sure, sure. Close R said, I think large events, for example, that month-long Stardust event during the summer, two summers ago, was amazing. Little events just feel like Niantic's version of vamping for time till community days or other events. That's that's what it is. It is. It really (laughs) is. It can also become frustrating. With With so many smaller events, it becomes daunting to make time for each one. You know, I think that that really is hitting the nail on the head, especially with what I said earlier about expecting some kind of revamp to community day. The more and the longer stuff goes on, the more it feels like stuff is filling time between each community day. Sure. And each community day is feeling less special by itself. Okay. Well, here's one thing before we read our last response that I've noticed. Which one do we want as a community? Do we want lots of small events that are good or do we want small events that are bad so we don't feel bad about missing out on them (laughs) neither we want large good events that's what we want okay you know large events like stardust is great or large events like the halloween one that was that was three weeks right for sure but if the small events are bad i feel like people are quick to complain about them but i think i feel like if a bad event rolls around or sorry not a bad event but an event that doesn't entice me to play as much as i would i would say i don't know i maybe we're quick or too quick to complain maybe you just take it as a blessing that you don't have to worry but about like it. they're different it's different complaints and it's also different people complaining that's a yeah. big difference yeah a smaller event that's bad it's going to be complained about because you're expected to use this narrow window to an advantage but they're not rewarding you for it and then a, a small event that is good you're now expected to take advantage of this but have such a small amount of time to actually do it so now you really want to do it but you might not be able to sure right yeah lastly we have colton says 
Larger events generally have a better feel. In most cases, these events are more involved and seem more thought out than so many of the shorter weekly events that don't focus on exciting rewards as much as spawns and new shinies. I really think a trainer's level influences the answer to this poll. A newer trainer is going to be more excited for frequent spawn shakeups from small events to catch them all, but long-term players need the motivation to grind and make time for events. Long-term players know that everything always makes a comeback and may be less motivated to make time for a seven-day event during their busy schedule, yeah. where new players are excited for the new shiny raid bosses or spawns. I've really enjoyed some of the smaller events, and it keeps the game fresh. But I'm always a sucker to go all in on the Water Festival or Halloween event. I definitely think that is a big factor in the discussion. Where the the trainer is and their their play life uh, yep. time, yeah, or the or the mentality just in general that they have. Yeah, definitely. I I, I would agree with Colton. I think I think uh, like long term players are less likely to, especially if it's like, a, oh, this is the first time they're introducing this shiny. Okay, if I don't get it, I'm not too worried. I'll get it in a box in like three months or whatever. I think on this, with this being the last comment, the thing that makes a small event lackluster for me and not interesting and why I prefer larger events is because so many of the small events are, here's a rotation of six Pokemon that are only going to spawn for a whole week. One of them can be shiny go and then that's it maybe there's another there's another little bit maybe the raid boss changed for the week because it's related or something like that but lately that's just what events feel like when they're not big events it's it's been kind of cookie cutter i mean there are only so many things you can do for small events here it's either egg related it's either spawn related or it's raid related or special research or you know whatever I mean, like, there's only so many like, things you can do. Why isn't Stardust allowed to be a small event? Why can't you have double Stardust once a week every two months? Something like that. You know, keep make a rot. If you're going to do smaller events, make a rotation of it like they do with the bonuses for community days. Sure. So if it's going to be as cookie cutter as it is. So let's say they keep the Wednesday night raid hour, but like on Saturdays at 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. or whatever, they're like, hey, like go out. This is just an extra Stardust hour. No biggie. If you can make it, you can. If not, like, you know, there'll be another one in a couple of weeks to worry that'd about be, it. That'd be cool. That'd be a, a way to get more people to go out and play. Obviously, it doesn't make them any money. But if it doubled raid experience or raid stardust, I'd probably do raids during that time too. But here's the genius, right? Behind a small thing like that, though, is that they're habitualizing if they do it like on if they do it on days where they want people to play or they want to make they want people to have a habit of playing, like on a Saturday in the afternoon, right? You've got some free time before the sun goes down three to five, let's say. Uh, if they if they give you a bonus during that window, even if it's small, even if it's like fifty percent increased stardust or just double stardust or whatever. And they just yep. do it for a couple of hours every Saturday for a few months. Like people are just going to start playing on that day because they have these habits built around them. I agree. Personally, I love I love that kind of idea. the The raid hour doesn't do it for me just because it's it's kind of stressful mm-hmm. trying to hit as many raids as you can, and you're worried about keeping up with everybody else. But the idea of an hour where there's extra stardust or an hour where it's more experience. Those more experienced hours would get the new players out every time, probably. So, 
Oh, that reminds me. Oh, I'm sorry. But that reminds me, by the way, before I move on, Terakian is now out in raids. So there's that. Yeah, he just it just came out today, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, our raid hour here, uh, which wasn't really announced, but it happened for Terakian. That happened. So hopefully you guys had a nice raid hour for that. Speed of raid hours. Okay, sorry. Continue. This week's Pokepole. What other Pokemon do you think should have a regional variant like those in Galar or Alola? And what would it be like? Chris, what do you think? Well, I would love, like we were talking about earlier. Well, I was talking about earlier. I'm surprised that Tentacool, with how plentiful it is all over the place, doesn't have some sort of regional variant. Alolan Tentacool will be water type and grass type. It will lose the poison type because in its lore, like we learned earlier this episode, uh, that it uses sunlight. It refracts sunlight for energy. Uh, and the sunlight is much more potent and intense in Alola that it is able to use grass moves with ease and such because it's able to redirect the sunlight energy uh, much easier. I don't know. That's well, all a, I got. You, you put you put in a decent amount of thought into this. I'm just I've got a I've got an answer, and it's because it's fun. Although I'm sure there's more. I'm I'm put, being put on the spot. I want a regional variant for. Agron, the Agron line, to make him, you know, change him up. I I want to be. It could be from Alola, just because it's it's somewhere we know. It would be Steel Fire, which is only one other typing that's been used by Heatran, but he's Fire Steel, so it's different. <laughs> okay. As for the reasoning behind why the typing is like that, I couldn't tell you. There's more. There's more. Uh, One time, an Aaron fell in... into a volcano. And, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's there's more volcanoes in Alola and stuff, and so the the Steel Ant Pokemon Aaron had to adapt to the intense heat. So it turns into this the, the a fire ant dude it could be like could have like you know these volcanoes coming out of its shoulders and fire spewing out it would be great what if hear me out what if because there's so many uh volcanoes in alola because it's islands and that's how islands work uh instead of ant hills for this ant based pokemon they take over volcanoes that they colonize and stuff like that <laughs> wouldn't that there be cool see, there you go yeah yeah and there could be a whole thing in like alola when we go back and like you have to like dodge aaron that are being shot out the top of the volcano and trying to hit you like rocks and if you get hit by one it's a pokemon encounter and if you don't they just die if you don't they just die yeah yeah that's um mm-hmm. yep. okay yeah sure okay all right well dear listener if you have an equally wacky and insane suggestion for the question what other pokemon do you think should have a regional variance and what would it be like you could do typing you could do physical stuff some lore whatever you want to do you can go ahead and shoot those answers to us via when we post the question on social media like facebook twitter or in discord if you're a patron we'll talk about that in a little bit here or you can send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com. And speaking of emails, emails, emails. Hey, it's the email section. This first email <laughs> is from Wes. Hey, guys. First off, love the show. Look forward to it every week. So do I. Thank you for making the time and putting in the work. Well, you got it. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you also taking the time to listen and putting in the work of getting through our show. (laughs) 
Um, I wanted to ask you your opinion on negative feelings. I totally get the downside of negativity. It doesn't accomplish much. It feels bad. And it can get pretty toxic. I'm on board so far. I also get that it's in poor taste to Niantic Bash, given that they provide a mostly free quality gaming experience. Sure. But that said, it feels like many Pokemon Go communities, including uh, our Discord, this is a fair criticism, over-rotate on negativity policing to the point where normal human emotions like frustration and sadness are unwelcome and often attacked. I like where this is going because this is going to be a good conversation. I love Pokemon Go, but given work, family, and life, I can usually only play once or twice a week. When I do play, it's usually late at night after the raids and Team Rocket stuff is gone. I don't play PvP, and I don't have a lot of legacy or community day moves. As such, I miss out on stuff. Less research, less shinies, missed movesets, missed catches and candy. And despite being level 40, the Team Rocket stuff is hard to the point of being borderline not fun. All of this makes me sad, sometimes annoyed or frustrated, but it feels like there's no safe space to discuss these feelings. At the extreme, you have toxicating, which is bad. But somewhere south of that lives empathy, solidarity, a shoulder to cry on, and human validation. Upon such things, one can sometimes feel better and gain perspective and hope and comfort. I like how this is written. This is nice. I wish the Pokemon Go community could find a better balance between keeping it positive, but acknowledging that the sun isn't always shining. When circumstances sometimes cause me to feel bad about the game I love, I rarely find support. It's lonely and just makes a bad situation feel worse. Thoughts? Wes. Do you want to be the one to crack into this first? Do you want me to? What do you want to do? This is kind of a, this is kind of a dense topic. Yeah, it is, but I can, I can start at least. First, I want to say, like Chris mentioned, this is, this is very well written for a topic that is especially close to my heart, especially for people who, who listen, they they probably know that they probably relate. (laughs) I think it's important the way that the discussion happens, the way that the issues get worded to how the discussion can happen because a majority of these conversations take place on the internet. It's very easy to misconstrue. It's very easy to misconstrue annoyance or frustration with anger and hatred. And in general, people don't want hatred and anger in their, their games. It makes it an unfun. That's the toxic part that you mentioned. But I agree that I think there should be a place for for where you can express frustration and have a meaningful discussion about said frustration. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you completely. I mean, we, we went ahead and built a channel into our Discord. Uh, it's called Frustration Nation or Frustration Station. What's the one of them? I don't remember. Some nation. Sort of it's frustration nation. nation. And I feel like in an attempt to kind of like separate it, if you if you had a space that you really wanted to go into and be like, hey, look, this event doesn't do it for me. I'm really frustrated about this. Like the, the Colossal event's a good example. But it kind of quickly became this, this um, kind of tongue-in-cheek sort of place for people to like kind of make fun of the idea of complaining or not serious things. Because if you're passionate about a topic and you truly want to talk about it and come to some sort of conclusion, it would make sense that you would want to post where the people are that you could get a conversation out of, right? Which would be more of the general channels and not necessarily a place that is labeled for frustration. So I, I get that. But kind of going back to what you were talking about earlier when you mentioned uh, it's difficult to kind of tell the difference between like just somebody having uh, a, you know, an issue with something or somebody just being hateful about it uh, because a lot of tone gets lost 
via text only, right? I mean, Discord is like that in general, but Pokemon Go isn't really known for its voice chats, let's just say. Yeah, or it's chat chat. <laughs> right, exactly. But I think especially as, because he uses the word uh, negativity policing, when you're trying to manage a text only uh, community, it's really important to try to keep it uh, positive and such like that. So that's why there's even measures in place or people that mention in the first place, like, hey, like, you know, don't be over the negative and stuff like that. That being said, there's a huge difference between negativity and criticism. Yes. Every piece of constructive criticism is not inherently negative. Just because you're like, hey, I don't like this thing. It's it's less about the I don't like this thing. It's like, I don't think that this is good for the game and this is why. That's different mm -hmm. to me. That's where your language becomes so important because we don't have tone on the internet. What you would normally use your tone of voice to describe, you have to use your words. And a lot of people aren't practiced in that. I don't mean that as a knock to anybody. It's just I'm terrible at it, too. Yeah, you don't exactly take Especially a class on games. proper texting, you know? Yeah, you know, so it's it's important to use the the correct terms to make sure that you're understood as thinking one way as opposed to thinking the other way but i also wouldn't say that just because you give an opinion that um like okay let's let's just take the colossal event for example right somebody says i didn't like it and here are the reasons why if somebody says well i don't think that that's fair because of these other reasons they're not trying to invalidate the conversation and you shouldn't take it personally they're literally engaging in the same type of conversation that you're seeking to engage in in the first place if they disagree with your disagreement that's just more Discussion. of the same yeah it, yeah you're right it's just conversation i think the burden is on the person bringing the first issue yeah, to the table is. right if somebody responds be like oh like hey i think you misinterpreted i wasn't trying to be like you know negative about it i just i don't like this one thing how do you feel about it like that's different you know if somebody misunderstands the severity or the like the tension in the way that you're trying to uh convey something you know taking a second to be like oh hey i'm so sorry you misunderstood me i'm not really like gonna go to war over this i just i'm i find it frustrating or something like that you know Exactly. Just because you disagree with somebody or someone else disagrees with you doesn't negate either point of view. But there's there's one thing I wanted to mention is the the negativity policing. And unfortunately, I think that's required. And I think to the degree that it exists is required because the Internet is what it is. And that's that's unfortunate that you have to say that. But if you've played any other online games, you know how incredibly quickly negativity and toxicity spreads, whether it's intentional or not. Because of the anonymity of the internet, people are immediately ready to jump in on that, whether they actually mean it or not. So it's it's a very it's a very dangerous place to be. Sure. And again, as community leaders, it's it's really important for like us, let's say, to, you know, if we want to maintain something good that we've got going on. And I would I would venture to say that our discord is doing I love our discord. I love everybody on there. I think our community is fantastic. And I will do what I need to do to, to make sure 
that it stays uh, happy and healthy. I mean, there is there is a place aside from our channel that's specifically for which again, like I said before, I acknowledge is kind of a meme now. Uh, there is definitely place for constructive conversation. I mean, we our show we we pride ourselves on trying to cover every perspective. We try to play devil's advocate on the show as well. So of course, our community should be a reflection of that. But we don't hate on things on the show except for Granbull. Granbull gets a pass. I get to hate on Granbull. <laughs> I mean, Chris. Chris can hate on Granville. That's okay. That said, you guys, you guys have any any criticism, any anger, any frustration, you can totally send them my way because I'll be your sounding board. Because that's just totally how I am. <laughs> Chris can be the optimist in this situation sometimes. So, so anyway, really quick before we move on here, kind of in summary of this rather again dense topic misunderstanding or miscommunication can be kind of a bummer, especially when you're talking about things that you're very passionate about. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's a game, but we, we can all still be adults when we're talking about this kind of stuff. Yeah, for sure. Thank you for the email, Wes. This next one is from Sue Meister. Hi guys. I just found your podcast and I'm loving it. Thanks. We're loving that you're loving it. I'm on episode 14 and Chris is talking about his super tiny, lucky arcanine. Oh, you're listening through it in order. Nice. Well, well that's great. Hey, it's got some good times ahead. It's all it's all better from from there. I promise. <laughs> I also have a super tiny lucky arcanine. He was traded to me by my girlfriend's younger brother. Check him out. Attaches this awesome screenshot of a extra small, almost maxed out lucky arcane. Yeah, <laughs> a great podcast, guys. Keep up the good work. Can't wait to get all caught up. We can't either. Much love from Canada, Sue Meister. Hey, thanks for sending that our way. Appreciate that. The next one we have is from Catherine. She said, hello, GoCast buddies. I wanted to write to you about the super effective week since it strikes me as the kind of event that is not for everyone, but has surprised me with how much I've enjoyed it. Because I didn't do too many of the last few five-star raid bosses for a variety of reasons, I have found myself in a rare candy drought and facing a power-up list for the rest of the Swords of Justice that was pretty daunting. I've also had very few charge TMs on hand, using them almost as soon as I've gotten them with a waiting list of Pokemon who needed charge moves. Yeah, I mean, there are definitely people who can relate to that one, I yeah, think. Yeah, definitely. I I can, for sure, looking at those uh, Machamps that still know Heavy Slam. <laughs> Super effective week didn't look particularly exciting on paper. The event shiny was boosted spawns, but no boosted shiny rate, so I didn't expect to get a shiny tentacle, despite playing in a large tentacle nest right now. I rarely get event shinies during events if they aren't boosted. The, st- the three-star raid bosses seemed so random and chaotic, but I needed the candy and the TM, so I went out on the first full day of the event to do some hardcore solo raiding. Nice. I was very pleased with how regular the three-star raids were, and honestly, even though some of the raid bosses seemed very random, looking at you, Pelipper and Mantine. The variety actually meant I was rarely battling with the same Pokemon in each raid. It made the raiding entertaining. The different typing of the bosses also served as a good reminder to me of how type effectiveness worked, and I took a good lesson when I failed an Espeon raid on the first two I tried. I subbed in a Weavile for the recommended T-Tar. DPS for the win. Hey, oh, there we go. It's topical. Wow. Hey, I didn't realize that. <laughs> In just two days, I've gotten more than 35 charge TMs, and my rare candy situation is no longer panicking me. Nice. Good for you. Just 35 charge TMs? Woohoo. Just an update. I believe that Catherine has like 
79 charge TMs right now. Wow, the geez, really? And she used more than 10 this last week. Ugh. So, yeah. I would have found doing the same thing with Kabalian not just tedious, but probably impossible. I could solo the three-star raids, and so do many more than I could have a five-star legendary. Not to mention that it would have been repetitive and boring with an incredibly unexciting Pokemon like Mr. Angry Goat. I agree, actually, with... I didn't think this was going to be a boring event. I just knew I wasn't going to get to do it that much. Yeah. Three-star events. Going forward, I want more three-star events. Because you can do a three-star when you want to. just requires a little bit of planning and hopefully it not being a shuckle. Oh, dude, I'm so on board. I've been on this three-star, more three-star syllable raids since the beginning of summer, dude. Yeah. Like, I wish that had been around. I basically fell in love with three-stars once I started doing a Lolan Raichu, mm-hmm. well, which I first started to do because it meant I could use my ghost types more because they didn't get a huge amount of use. And they're just, they're fun. You know, you actually can like put in the work. And if you're not a maxed out team, it can be challenging. And I think one charge TM can be a reasonable reward, obviously for an event. But what if outside of an event, we got a new item that was pieces of a charge tm oh no i don't want more things to collect but but like think about this for a second yeah it lets you get half 10 pieces for a charge tm five pieces for per tier three raid guaranteed okay so every two raids is one charge tm and it's a raid that you can solo and then they can make uh four and five star raids have an even higher chance of giving the charge tms themselves okay i'm into that because it just, it feels bad. Like, it, w- once this event is over, if you solo, you know, 30 tier three raids, you may only walk away with five charge TMs total. Yeah, if that. true, true. But under under this under this same system, you wouldn't walk away with them anymore either. Oh, you'd walk away with 15 under what I suggested. Yeah. And you'd walk away with 30 under what is happening right now i'm just i'm just saying well i mean hey if you if the cards are right for you and you do 30 you could walk away with like 25 charge dms if you're just super lucky with the current but that's system. rng it sure is and that's frustrating it's just so like I charge kinda, i kind of get what you're saying here's the one thing i like i like that system what i don't like is that it's another thing for me to collect so hear me out while you were saying that i had a brain blast based off of your brain blast i'm gonna steal all the credit you ready okay okay <laughs> thank you for just saying okay <laughs> we go with your plan but at the end of each raid and after each rocket grunt, they drop mysterious components that are for anything, not just rocket radar. And then you can use those mysterious components as a type of currency in a shop where you can buy TMs, rocket radar, and maybe other things in the future, like an item detector or whatever, or something to charge up your verse seeker. You just wanna, you just wanna stick all the things in a side shop somewhere. I, I think so, because to me, I mean, like, yes, it's sweeping it under the rug, right? But at the same time, it's also organizing it and giving it a home instead of being like, oh, you want to do this thing? Well, first of all, you got to wake up on a Tuesday. You got to hope that something is happening in a nearby thing so you can go and get that thing out of that. You like it just seems so specific wherein I could go do a plethora of things and then choose to spend my rewards on the thing I actually want instead of having to focus one thing that only shows up sometimes, i.e. raids and rocket stops. I agree. That's a that's a fair compromise for the situation and it will give a use to the mysterious components once we've finally been burned out 
right of the rocket stop stuff in like six or eight months already burnt out some of us aren't well of the rocket stops oh but yeah like, yeah once people do enough of the leaders and giovanni you'll be burned out from doing that until they give more life to it yeah that's true uh, but thank you for the email, Catherine. Really appreciate it. If you, dear listener, want to send us an email, you can as well to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also visit our website for more information uh, at www.gocastpodcast.com. We have a nice contact us tab there. You can indeed contact us there from that tab. If you don't feel like doing the old school email method, you can do the new school email method of through a form on our website oh geez yeah no kidding i'm not ready for that i'm old twitter follow us on twitter that's a place at gocast podcast like us on facebook the gocast podcast and if you'd like to help support the show and get access to our patron exclusive discord which is fantastic i love it there it's just growing every day it is it's It's great it is insane we are proud parents kyle i gotta be honest i i used to I used to read every single comment because I wanted to be involved in everyone's conversation. Mm-hmm. But there's so much, there's so many people. Everyone's having these great conversations with each other. And so a lot of times I've just like stepped back for a moment, just let it happen. And it's great. People are loving the game. I only <laughs> I only disabled notifications for the news tab because I didn't need it sending me a notification every time there was a tweet oh i love that because i'm always on top of everything and then everybody else in discord like hops on and there's always like these emojis and people are like ah this stinks oh weird why did they do this oh there was a typo in that tweet (laughs) just (laughs) anyway if you want to help support the show and gain access to that community that we're describing that we love so much you can do so on patreon that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash go cast podcast And if monetary support isn't your thing, but you'd still love to help us out, or if monetary support was your thing, and now you're done doing the whole Patreon thing, and you want to do more, you can always, for free, for minimal time investment, leave us a review on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever you might be listening to us. Please do. It helps us out immensely, and we'll love you forever. Speaking of love forever, Kyle. Yes. I love you forever if you give me your goals for next week yikes okay you don't want love man that's cool that's fine whatever all right so i'm hoping to finish the mat the maxing out my drift loon which will be a drift loom by the end of it uh it's lucky it's got you know 10 levels to go so it shouldn't be that crazy but we're gonna see as for that i don't know what the heck is even going on maybe try to get a terrakian yeah Yeah, let's go with trying to get a terrakian because i did not get a cabalion oh i've got like four of them you can have one now that he's going when i actually have stardust again okay sounds good next year so (laughs) max out lucky trifloon a terrakian you want to set a stardust goal maybe no because the stardust is going to get sunk right before the episode into the drift limb so true true who's keeping track okay anything else uh no i don't i don't think so i could say make progress on the purifying shadow pokemon but i'm going to be realistic and then say that's it's not going to happen isn't it going to reset next month too anyway yeah it's going to reset next monday does it reset if you're not finished with it yet or is only reset if you're gonna find out aren't we okay well hey that's a big question okay so for myself I'm also going to catch a Terrakian. I would like to attend 
one of the few EX raids that I have invitations for right now. I think I've actually only got two. I want to I want to attend an EX raid. So yeah, one of those. Get another uh, Reg Gigas. Yeah, yeah, it's about time for a second one, don't you think? I'm joking. No. Uh, <laughs> attend an EX raid, and then I think for my third thing, I'll probably set myself a Stardust goal because it's been a week. Um, so two hundred thousand Stardust. Because from the looks of it, man, I'm going to need it for Timeless Cup. That's looking (laughs) to be quite the sink, let me tell you. Okay, that's it for our episode. Thank you, dear listener, for sticking with us and listening all the way to the end. Uh, A special thank you to you for listening. And we'll see you guys next week for episode 73. Bye-bye. Bye.